You're listening to The Sport Market. Once again, here's your host, Tom Mayonect. It's been quite the roller coaster week of emotion for fans of the Toronto Blue Jays, of course, especially going back to a chaotic social media Friday, December 8th, when there were online reports suggesting that Shohei Otani was actually on his way to Toronto to sign with the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, the reality is Dodgers were probably the number one seed from the very, very beginning. We've been talking about that here on the sport market over these past uh, few weeks since the regular season ended, the World Series ended with the Texas Rangers uh, winning their first franchise championship. But there's no question that the Jays were factors in the discussion. And even if it was to drive up the price of what the Dodgers were prepared to pay, no matter how much deferred or or real-time their intent was. But the reality is, now the big question is, what happens next? We'll get into all of that with Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun and Post Media Network in just a couple of moments. First, though, we're going to check out some hot stuff. Hot stuff. What's hot in jerseys, merchandising, and licensing on the sport market? No surprise that number 98 is the hottest number in the National Hockey League so far, having just passed the one-third mark to the 2023-2024 NHL season. It's the Connor Bedard jersey, Chicago Blackhawks vintage style. The interesting thing, in a season in which the Blackhawks are projecting typically up 10%. Uh, They're already looking at revenue growth of 17% year over year and merchandising doubling, a lot of it Connor Bedard driven. But the thing that really stands out to me is 85% of the projected sales that have happened so far of Connor Bedard's number 98 have been the more expensive authentic jerseys and just 15% have been replicas. That, of course, in the last year of the Adidas deal, Fanatics takes over next year. Friday, December 8th was chaotic Friday. It was social media Friday, like few, if any, we'd ever seen before. And exactly describing it that way was Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun and the Post Media Network. Uh, Rob, you said to me a week ago at this time that you'd never in 35 years of being in the business uh, seen anything like what transpired on the Friday. Nobody in the business of sport has seen what transpired Saturday, the next day when Shohei Otani announced on Instagram that he was joining the Los Angeles Dodgers in a blockbuster $700 million deal. Of course, accountants can play with that and the deferred money. It maybe is, you know, 450, 460 million in present value dollars, but Regardless, it is the biggest contract in North American professional sport history. And certainly you'd indicated that if it wasn't going to be the Jays pulling off the upset here, you thought it was going to be the L.A. Dodgers. Let's revisit what's happened over the past week. Your take on the fallout from Shohei Otani taking his number 17 to the L.A. Dodgers. Yeah, first of all, Tom, it was it was mammoth in, in, in every imaginable way, wasn't it? And uh you know, how fitting after that, that uh, crazy day, as we talked about last week, and you just alluded to that Friday, uh, the social media uh, frenzy around the whole thing, that, that Shohei Otani breaks the news himself in this day of insider culture. He breaks it, breaks it on his own on, on social media, which was probably a fitting end to it. But, yeah, certainly the fallout. I mean, you know, we've, we've been trying to dissect it from afar. I think in Los Angeles they certainly have with Shohei making his first uh, public appearance in, in Dodger blue on, on Thursday. 
Um, but but the fallout was 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 quite severe in these parts. I, you know, I think that Blue Jays fans and and surely the Blue Jay front office um, w- was reeling a little bit, not only because of losing out on Shohei Otani, which I think was a realistic expectation, as, as you said. You know, we all thought that the Dodgers would be the favorite, and a, a legacy brand, as you as you referred to it last week, would would likely win out. But the, the Blue Jays. Um, they they just uh, devoted so much resources to it, both in, in terms of time and and uh, potential dollars. I mean, we we heard it was north of five hundred million U.S. that that Rogers was willing to uh, to go to to help prob- and it probably helped uh, helped uh, bid up the price that the Dodgers paid for Otani. But the fallout is, you know, it's I think there would there's the fallout was is sort of two pronged. The first would be the emotional fallout from losing out. And then the second part of it is, it is where do we go from here if you're the Toronto Blue Jays? And and in what is a very critical off season, um, that's the that's the depressing question for them right now as as free agency and the off season moves along here to to closing in on the end of December. Is there such a thing as a moral victory on this front? And what I mean by that, Rob, is. The Toronto Blue Jays, at the beginning of the conversation of free agency, nobody would have had them, you know, in on the Shohei uh, Otani conversation. But according to a lot of different people, including baseball insiders and some, you know, sources I've talked to as well, the Blue Jays' participation in the process was real. Is that a moral victory, or do the Jays really have to come up with one of the other? Uh, uh, you know, top-notch free agencies to plug some holes in their roster going 2024? I think it's probably a little bit of, of both, Tom. Sure, it's a moral victory that the Blue Jays can be seen in, uh, playing at the highest levels at the big boy table, as it were, um, when it comes to free agencies. And it's a, really a, con- a continuation of what's been going on with this franchise since 2019 when they when they uh, signed Yenjin Ryu to a $40 deal. Since then, they've Paid big money for George Springer. They played big money for Kevin Gosman. A big money extension for Jose Barrios. So they're certainly they're certainly playing at that level now. Um, but this was an extraordinary level. I mean, this is a level that professional sport has never seen before. And the fact that they were considered uh, serious serious players in this, uh, I think, speaks to um, sort of their reputation around baseball and their their desire to be seen as a as a, as a real big market team. Now, with that com- comes a cost, of course, because when you lose out o- on Otani, um, the next targets out there are the, the, the sort of the best free agents remaining uh, on the market. And I think, obviously, Cody Bellinger would be one of those. And Matt Chapman, who was with the Jays last year, of course, would be another. Now, both of those guys are represented by super agent uh, Scott Boris. And Scott Boris is known has been known to, to, to play things to perfection like this. And he will try to extract as much money out of, out of the Blue Jays or, or any of the suitors uh, for those two players, and maybe that's the cost the Blue Jays uh, pay now. I mean, it, it's it's been out there that that they were in the market of, to spend more than 500 million US. It's like, are they ever going to be able to to uh, to get anything on the cheap anymore? I mean, they're, they're, that's the cost that comes with being a big player. I mean, so it's so I guess it's, to answer your question, it's it's a little bit of both. We're rating and debating the bulls and bears of sport business with Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun, a Blue Jays beat writer for the Post Media. 
network. Uh, when you look at the fact that the Jays have got, obviously, there's still some prize uh, free agents out there. No one of the size and specter of Shohei Otani. But if you were controlling the purse strings and the, the deployment of Ross Atkins, where would you have him being focused right now? What do the Blue Jays need most now that they're post uh, Shohei Otani? I think I think the need is is still very strong to to add an impact bat into the lineup, and I think that's why um, Cody Bellinger, um, the the free agent from the Chicago Cubs last year, and prior to that with the Los Angeles Dodgers, I think he would probably be the the prime target at this point. He's a guy that could uh, could slot into the top of the lineup, probably uh, in the top four of manager John Schneider's batting order. Could slot into left field, so now that now the outfield would be complete and and immediately add some power to that lineup. I mean, obviously, last year's priority was to improve the team defensively. This year, it's it's clearly to, to improve the team offensively. So I think I think that's where that's the direction that they would be headed in terms of, of focus. But as I alluded to earlier, um, at what cost are, are they going to be willing to? To, to pay a lot of money in a lot of term to get to get a guy like Cody Bellinger who's getting on a little bit in years and in recent years has has shown a little bit of inconsistency. He was very good with the Cubs last season, but two seasons ago he he struggled at the plate some. So I think it'll be a, a, a delicate a balance there in terms of what what they see as value and are they willing to shell out close to 200 million in over six or seven years to to get a player like that. My thought is that, uh, and Ross Atkins uh, alluded to this in, at, at the winter meetings in Nashville last week, my thought is that they will aggressively explore the, the trade market um, because I think that they probably see better opportunity. Um, now, the shelves aren't nearly as stocked as they used to be in, in terms of prospect uh, currency, and, and it may, to, to get an impact player, they may have to give up an impact player or two. So it will be very interesting to me anyway, Tom, to see how creative and how ambitious uh, uh, Ross Atkins gets in, in in terms of approaching the trade market. Rob, in a lot of ways, you know, the Jays were 0 for 2. I mean, 0 for 1 with Shohei Otani in free agency and another 0 for 1 with Juan Soto on the trade market. Uh, which of the two stings most when you look at practical outcomes over this next decade? Of course, they're both related too, aren't they, Tom? Because they definitely lost out on Soto because the Otani thing dragged on for too long, and that allowed the, the New York Yankees to to swoop in and and uh, and grab Soto. Uh, personally, I would think that the bigger L there though would be be Otani because um, the, the way the the, the way the, the Soto deal was going to always be would be that you'd only be getting him for one year. He becomes a free agent next year and. You know, if you're Juan Soto, one of the one of the most dynamic hitters in the game, you're not going to be overly anxious to sign a long-term deal. Now you're going to wait to, to until free agency, especially when we see the way the market is exploding uh, for for those those top shelf players. So I think the biggest L uh, of those two would be would be Otani, but um, losing out on both of them was a big blow because those were two cl- the two the two clear focuses, as you said, Tom, of the of the Jays' ambitions in the off season. We've got the Toronto Suns Blue Jays beat reporter Rob Longley from the Post Media Network with us for another 90 seconds, two minutes here on the sport market. Rob, I, I wanted to ask you this. You know, it's in, we, we mentioned this last week briefly, but given the disarray 
And quite frankly, the sort of uh, awkward position the Jays front office was left in after being eliminated uh, by the Minnesota Twins, um, you know, Ross Atkins didn't have his best days as a Blue Jays executive mm-hmm. during that period. But, you know, the, 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 the inside talk is that, uh, you know, he certainly was going very aggressive representing Mark Shapiro and the rest of the Rogers organization. Uh, is it your sense that the Blue Jays being moral victors in, in terms of at least being one of the finalist teams here, uh, along with some big heritage brands like the San Francisco Giants and the Chicago Cubbies, uh, has that changed his position in the marketplace when it comes to other free agents, uh, you know, deciding as to where they want to play in their next contracts. Yeah, I think that I think that his reputation has 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 strengthened over time uh, because of as, as, as we we talked about earlier, um, he has shopped at that at that high end table in the past and 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 has proven that he has Rogers resources to to spend. And there was a time not that long ago, four or five years ago, where where Scott Boris wouldn't even have a conversation with 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 Ross Atkins barely. And now he he markets some of his his high end clients uh, aggressively to the Blue Jays because he sees them as a as a not only as a competitive team uh, on the field, but as a competitive team in in terms of spending for 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 high end players. So I think that reputation is relatively solid. Um, the area of reputation that 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 will hurt Ross Atkins, of course, is. Um, building up building up his uh, his trust with the fan base um because as you talked about tom it was, certainly wasn't a, a good ending to to the season uh, both in minnesota and and in the follow back in toronto with his disastrous uh, uh press conference uh, where he threw manager john schneider under the bus and you know rightly or wrongly losing out on on, on Otom, um it also hurts his reputation even though that that was not his doing because some people believe that there was that the Blue Jays never really had a serious chance anyway, no matter what what they bid, that the Dodgers were going to outbid them. Outbid them. So I think that Ross Atkins right now is in is almost in a no win situation for the remainder of, of this off season, and the only way that he can he can sort of win back support from the fan base is if the team starts winning. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on this Blue Jays team to be better next year. And whether that that comes via external improvement this off season or internal improvement improvement from players like Vlad Guerrero Jr. and and uh, Alejandro Kirk, who could certainly be better at the plate than they were last season, he's going to need he's going to need that to happen early in the season to sort of salvage some of his reputation with the fan base. Rob, as always, we so appreciate your all things Blue Jays and all things Blue Jays business. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, we'll monitor the rest of the offseason and hopefully have a chance to talk to you again real soon. Sounds good, Tom. Uh, there's plenty of work to be done with this team, for sure. He is Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun and the Post Media Network. Next up, we roll out the five hottest franchises in North American professional sport. We also get a visit. From comedian Torben Rolfson, it's the Rolfson Report, the comedy of sport, lighter side take on the business of sport. That's next right here on the Sport Market on the Sportsnet Radio Network.